Hello, back again. We are coming to you live on this lovely Wednesday evening, July something, 10th. We've made it to episode three. Mike and Matt here again. My name is Cotton McKnight, and with me as always is my partner in crime, Pepper Brooks. Pepper, yeah, Cotton, hey. Tonight, we talk about where everybody landed after free agency. We left off prior to the uh, start, and now we dive into the new outlook of the NBA. Also touch on a few other sports topics, Mm -hmm. some randomness tossed in there, and we shall begin. Starting with the biggest news, the most recent news, the bombshell. Kawhi to the LA Clippers. I'm a fun guy. <laughs> yeah, so like we've touched on our first two episodes. We thought that Kawhi was heavy Clippers, where it was 50 50, then we said 48 48 and 4% uh, yeah. Lakers. And then it kind of switched halfway through like the moratorium period or free agency period where everyone said the Lakers were going to be the favorite. And even with that, I don't know, I was never a big believer in it because I just didn't think that Kawhi wanted to be, like, a a third wheel or, like, share, like, all the limelight with LeBron, but I feel like he just measures himself against. So he ended up going to the Clippers, and he actually signed a two-year deal with a third-year player option. Okay. And that aligns with Paul George's contract, which was a Woj bomb. Yeah, so Paul George gets traded to the... L.A. Clippers. That was part of the, you know, part of the. It's a package deal. Kawhi want. The yeah, only way Kawhi was going there yeah. is if Paul George gets traded, and for a boatload of picks. Like. Yeah, basically they got two picks that the the Heat owed the Clippers, so they sent both those over. One is protected, one was unprotected. Then they got three unprotected Clippers picks. One in 2022, 24, and 26. Then they also threw in. Uh, two pick swaps for 2023 and 25 in the trade and the pick swaps are something that we saw like with the Celtics and the Nets of how when they dumped away Kevin Garnett and Paul Pierce uh, from the Celtics and Nets a few years ago so it's one of those things where I love seeing those especially down the line this also reminds me a little bit of Anthony Davis trade where you have all these picks that are five six seven years down the line and all the player movement nowadays we don't know if those players are still gonna be there so those picks could be extremely valuable like yeah this is an insane amount of picks and we'll talk about it a little more later, but the potential for more picks coming down the line because now it sounds like Russell wants out as well. Um, and, I mean, it makes sense because that team might be in trouble. At, not that they weren't already at the yeah. current state. What I want to touch on about Kawhi is I think it's interesting that the Lakers got thrown in there because, you know, we always say Kawhi is just kind of an enigma and you never really know, like, what's going on in that guy's mind. But it kind of feels like Kawhi was fucking with the Lakers a little bit. I feel like Kawhi's a guy where he's very like meticulous and just you know he's like wants to be well prepared to make sure he makes the like, best decision for himself, and I think he really just looked at every single option like as deeply as he could. So maybe that's why the process was drawn out a little more compared to every other major free agent or like like uh, like Domino kind of fell in the moratorium where that first day of free agency and that that just that latency that between the like the Kawhi signing actually kind of hurt the Lakers as a lot of those free agents that they could have signed the money end up being they're gone and agreed to other terms with different teams and it kind of left the Lakers with not scraps but like a lot less options than they had from the beginning of free agency. 
I also think one fact that's interesting is the media often plays the guessing game in this and it's like a circus where's everybody going and sometimes they get things right but one thing that nobody knew or saw coming was right paul george getting traded like yeah. that that was a big surprise and i just wonder your thoughts on like the, the whole paul george kind of more into that deal yeah, that was definitely a woolish bomb. I think you actually texted me at like some God. Yeah, I woke up and I was like, what God the hell? God early time at like 6 in the morning, dude. <laughs> like, it's, it's 4th of July weekend. Give me a break here. Oh, yeah, that's my bad. Early bird, get the worm, I'm off way before y'all. Yeah, the, that trade caught me way off guard too, and it was one of those things where I guess Kawhi wanted a running mate. Mm-hmm. He didn't want to be like in the shadow though of like LeBron or AD maybe, but. He really wanted someone that was also a killer player to come play with him in L.A. And I guess before he uh, called Kevin Durant before free agency started, and Kevin Durant came out and said that it was a weird, like, out-of-context thing because they're not, like, close friends, but, like, Katie or uh, Kawhi still reached out and asked him if they, he had interest in coming to play with them in L.A. But both Paul George and Kawhi have the, like, Southern California connection. They both are from the area. They both played college in the area, so... It's kind of homecoming for both of them. And it's really interesting that both of them were tied to the Lakers, but both ended up on the Clippers. So that leads us right into the Clippers. They automatically become, if not the favorite in the West, one of, uh, yeah, one of think, the top contenders. I think Westgate, uh, the, the Vegas Casino, has them as the current favorite okay. uh, for the whole league. Uh, yeah, so their roster is really like, well-rounded, I guess. You have the two wing players in Kawhi and Paul George who are like, they can do all stars. They can do anything they want. You know, like those are like your superstars. Yeah. But then they also still have a lot of good role players. They still have Montrez Harrell. Yeah. But he was like got for a six man of the year contender. Then you have a six man winner in Lou Williams. Yeah, we just got when we talk about Lou, and then I know you're gonna get into Pat Bev, but those two were very excited. I don't know if you saw any of the uh, social media stuff going on. Prices just went up. Don't talk <laughs> to us. Don't talk to us. I did not. Uh, it was, oh man, it was hilarious. There were some people tweeting out something about Kuzma is going to be the sixth man of the year. Oh, no, yeah. No, I <laughs> Lou, Lou Williams says, <laughs> LOL. Uh, they're talking about how the Lakers are still the, the favorite by the odds, and, and both those guys are just like, please, laughing and just having a ball on fucking social media. It was just funny to see, because yeah, those two, very solid. Like, yeah, we're thinking the Clippers are going to be, you know, contenders like they were last year, and then they add Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, yeah, but you can you, keep going into it. You basically are swapping out for a team that, again, we said they took Golden State, so they won, what, two games, I think it was, and they played them tight for three or four. They were a top three seed in the West for half the year, and they traded their best player, Tobias Harris, and they still end up making the playoffs, and they have like an experienced coach, a lot of gritty players, and it's just... They're a team that's definitely set up to win now. And like we said, looking at the roster with Paul George, Kawhi, Lou Williams, Montrez Harrell, they brought back Pat Beverly and Zubak. They brought in Roddy Magruder. They traded for Mo Harkless, and then they still have Shamit. That is nice 8, 9, 10-man rotation. It gives you the depth and the star power that you need to make a deep finals run. Yeah, So, and also what it seems you have with the Clippers is some, some youth as well. Like... Even Ka- Kawhi and Paul George, um, still under 20, thirty. Yeah, yeah, yeah 28, 29, I think their ages are. Yeah, and a few other of those guys as well. Yeah, I'm just yeah. comparing them to the next team we're about to talk about in the Lakers, who are also you know very solid with some of their 
uh, new pickups, but a little bit older. And I don't know, you're not as strong on the Lakers. It reminds me a lot of their like they did last year where they I don't know like where they're really going, and I don't think that these pieces fit like. Like, I don't know. I just I said the way I look at LeBron's teams, I think he needs three and D players or need need shooters. He doesn't necessarily need a ball dominant point guard, and yet I look at their roster, and you still have, of course, your Anthony Davis, LeBron, Kuzma. They brought back Rondo. They brought back Javale McGee. They brought back Caruso. Then they signed Danny Green, Avery Bradley, Troy Daniels. So, like, Daniels is a spot-up shooter, one of the best shooters in the league, but he literally is a liability everywhere else. Rondo is a ball-dominating, playmaking point guard. When the ball is out of his hands, you don't have to cover him. Mm-hmm. Uh, Avery Bradley is a shelf himself of what he used to be. He used to be, like, an all-defensive player. Like, a, you want the guy on your team when he's on the Celtics thriving, and now he's, I don't know, I don't think he's very valuable. And even Danny Green is down used to be. He used to be in the Spurs. He was carrying them. You think like 2014 Heat Spurs Finals. Danny Green was the next factor, and then finally they brought in Boogie. And it's like, talk about a guy who's been just. I almost feel bad for him because he thought he's getting those contracts uh, the last two summers, and he missed out both times. I mean, he's another guy. There's a lot of question marks surrounding him, and I don't know how these pieces are going to fit together. Definitely. So a lot of question marks still. One thing we have to say is that. And we kind of touched on this a little earlier. Kawhi taking as long as he did when he was their top target and not going to the Lakers kind of hurt the Lakers because some of the guys that they might have been interested, who really knows if they would have had a chance on Bogdanovich because, I mean, the Jazz were on him quick and maybe he wanted to go to Utah all along. Pat Bev, one of the guys we talked about, it seems like he was pretty locked he, into L.A., he the was, Clippers yeah. anyway. There was... There was rumors, there was some like sources and you know, NBA circles that were saying that there was like mutual interest, but again, we never really know what that actually means. Like people were saying that Kawhi was a lock to the Lakers. Mm-hmm. So I just the Lakers, the, the waiting period, I get why they went all in for Kawhi and that waiting period ended up burning them because they basically got stuck with these certain guys and like you have just now you're like just jugging them all together. And and that's fair. I'll go Laker fan here, just in defense of Lakers fans. I'm not saying I'm a huge Lakers fan, but the only thing is that some of these guys can play D, right? They might not be the 3 and D players like a Danny Green or an Avery Bradley, but if you can get enough scoring production out of your stars, which you should be able to in Davis and James and Cousins, which we should get into how they're going to play all these guys together, Maybe even Kuzma, right? Like, hopefully Kuzma continues to grow and, and become the all-star that people think yeah. he will be. Yeah, like, one of the things you said is, like, the 3 and D, which I think that's the way you surround superstars with those type of players. They can stretch the floor and also, like, just play good defense. These players, all to me, that they brought in, all do one thing very well, which is very interesting. Where They're not, like, a multidimensional 3 and D or, like, someone who can shoot and rebound, but they all can do one trait very well. Where JaVale McGee is your <laughs> Shaq's no fool legend, but he, like, he can still, we saw last year, he can still provide valuable minutes. Uh, Avery Bradley, maybe he still isn't what he used to be offensively, but he can still provide good defense. Troy Daniels, spot-up shooter. Rondo, one of the best playmakers in the league still. 
Boogie, he's the guy they're hoping that he can regain some of that pre-Achilles tear uh, form, and they come back to that instant scoring. They don't, don't put so much pressure on AD and LeBron to score. Then Danny Green, like, he's your guy who does two things, not elite or not really good, but now he can still shoot threes here and there, and he's still a good defender. Agree there. I want to hear your thoughts on a starting five. I'll give you mine. I think we might differ maybe in one or two spots, and we can argue about that after. So I, I'm going to go Rondo, Danny Green, Kuzma, LeBron, AD. Okay. So LeBron's at the three, Kuzma four, AD five. Okay. Even with with them saying he, he's going to be the point, he's just running the I, one from it, the three, yeah, basically. Yeah, that's why I have a tough spot, really, like, I just think that's the best starting lineup, and then you have Boogie off the bench, but I can easily see Rondo playing six minutes, hit the break, take him off, then when LeBron goes off the court, then you put Rondo back on, then he runs point when LeBron's not playing. That's the only difference that I'm going to have is, shit, and this doesn't make it hard on who's the starting five. I'll go with, with my buddy JC's prediction. Because of what you've said about Rondo, and him being a guy with that excels with the ball in his hand as a playmaker, I see him coming off the bench for some reason. And so I guess James at the one, which would be crazy, but it would be interesting and fun. So this is just also a little bit wishful thinking. Danny Green. JC says Kuzma at three. That's a huge lineup. He's not a small Anthony sport. Davis at power forward. He goes with Cousins, but I like Cousins off the bench, so I'm going to say JaVel McGee at five. So James, Danny Green, Kuzma... Davis and JaVel McGee and and Kuzma won't play the three for very long but what who's he gonna have the match and this is I what just, we were talking about he brought up some good points who do they got who would Kuzma have to match up with at that position that he can't and then in those situations couldn't you just switch someone on, else on him in those games but like I'm trying to think of like who at the three I, just, I mean against the Clippers you're gonna I don't know who he covers I just the lineups like LeBron AD definitely can handle their own defensively and stuff I just feel like your lineup's too big. You're still out. You're still fat. I, I just, I just That's a good thing. I don't see that. And then they could play its own. I don't. What is this? What are we put boxing one here? Is we're yeah. going to stuff Curry out here? Just, just stretch their arms out. Everybody, full extension. Phrasing, boom. <clears throat> Inappropriate. Arms out. Hands up. Hands up. Hands up. <laughs> icy hot. Get the icy hot out. Hands up. Regardless, it, it could be interesting if the West comes down to the, the LA teams. They won't even have to switch, you know, home home court advantage for both teams. They're just Staples staying Center. in the same the Staples Center all series. Just be careful, Chris Point break back in. <laughs> yeah. Talked about the, the the Clippers and the Lakers. Who's the next best team in the West? Speaking of Chris Paul, I'm gonna still say with the Rockets. They've been knock on the door. If it wasn't for the pesky Warriors, yeah, the Rockets could have been back to back champions. They. But first, we'll start with the current roster. They did absolutely nothing. <laughs> they brought back House, Jalen Green, and I like this deal a lot. They brought back Austin Rivers for two-year minimum. Yeah, and that's solid. Not, not a contract. huge Austin Rivers guy, but he played some good minutes on the stretch. I think he actually is a very viable 20-minute-a-game, like, six-man type role for that team. He helped them out a lot. It's funny that he didn't do any changes, but I feel like every other day – they're tied to every single player who's in the trade block or was a free agent. You just hear, oh, uh, the Rockets are interested in Jimmy Butler. The Rockets are interested in Russell Westbrook. The Rockets are interested in a sign and trade for Bradley Beal. It's like it, they're just connected to everybody. Yeah, but Jimmy Butler's out of the question now, right? But yeah. potentially still Russell Westbrook and Bradley Beal, maybe. Do they have enough to pull that trade off? I mean, the problem is 
I feel like for Russell Westbrook, again, we might touch on the thunder in a second here, but they're rebuilding. We talk about all the picks they just got for Paul George. So they're kind of the point where they're just, you know, they, they had their little run, they tried their thing, didn't work out, let's just load up, rebuild, and try to hit the next, like, cycle in the next couple of years. So I feel like they'd really go for expiring contracts or a couple of young assets, and the Rockets don't really have any of that. They would have to also to match salaries. They'd have to get rid of, unless it was a combination of Capella and Gordon, they'd probably have to get rid of Chris Paul because then you couldn't have Chris Paul, Russ, and Harden in the same backcourt. Although I would definitely encourage it because that would be hilarious to watch. <laughs> so leaving Houston at three in the West, even though they didn't make any moves really, I will also say, uh, I don't have the Lakers personally, too, but I just, we have there because they're a big talking point. Oh, really? So, oh, no. Okay. I'll, but I'll, is Houston not – pu- are they at three or not personally at three either? Because to me, the next team we're about to get into, the Jazz. Love Jazz. To me, they might be three. And I don't know if you don't think Lakers are – you might think no. the Jazz are two, no. potentially. I'll, we'll get into the, the yeah. rankings later, yeah. but let's talk about the Jazz. So, the Jazz, they kept their core guys of Rudy Gobert, Donovan Mitchell, Joe Ingles. Then they made a big splash for the uh, the draft and brought in Mike Conley. They also brought in one of my sleeper guys in free agency, Boyan Bogdanovich. So, that, just that five, that's their starting five. That's a nice, well-rounded bunch of guys who can do multiple things. I think that is scary. And they also have a great coach in Quinn Schneider. I think they, they are definitely a threat. They also got in some... Decent bench players. He's hurt right now, but they still have Exum. They brought in Ed Davis as a rebounding rim protector guy off the bench. They also brought in uh, Emmanuel Moutier on a min contract for one year, so I think that's a steal. The only guys they really lost were in the trade for Conley, which were Corver, uh, Crowder, and Grayson Allen, which Crowder is really of value for them. Yep. And they also lost Derek Favors of the Pelicans. But other than that, I do love their roster, love their coaching staff. I'm hoping they get over the hump. Maybe maybe conference finals is their ceiling, but I still think they're definitely a team you can't sleep on. Definitely. I know they played a little faster last year. Is it still going to be a defensive-minded first team and you know slow you down kind of thing? Or is this a more offensive-suited team now with the new additions? I think it's definitely going to be similar to last year because I'm not going to be as slow as their like their peak slowness before like Donovan Mitchell where they just like grind you out almost like the old school Grizzlies. It definitely helps upgrading from Rubio to Conley. Now you have a borderline All Star point guard who can shoot off the dribble, he can play make, he can shoot threes, he can drive, like he can do everything you want. Takes a lot of pressure off Mitchell. He can play a lot more off ball. Then you throw Big Donovich in, who's a great catch and shoot. As we explained earlier, he's like, well, he's like 40% catch yeah, and shoot. 42. Yeah, 42% catch and shoot. Like These are players that just all, I feel like, mesh together and really will be like a great team to watch. Definitely. A team that that seemed to be falling from the graces oh. of the, of you know. They had a good run. <laughs> they had a good run. They're done. The Warriors. Yeah. And they didn't even I mean they lost they lost Kevin Durant. That that hurt. That was a given though. I think we kind of figured that he was pretty much gone, then we figured Boogie was gone, but Did Boogie screw himself out of some money going to sign him for five in Golden State this year? I just I just don't think there was a market for him. Okay, he just like been, last he year there there wasn't yeah, there, there wasn't a market for him. I feel like both years that teams are the teams that had interest in him went to different options. And the money kind of dried up, and he was the one just had me left out. Gotcha. Getting into the Warriors, they even lost a few role players, like like Quinn Cook, right? He's on the Lakers now. Yep. Oh, they did re- they re-signed my boy 
Looney. Not your boy? Big Looney guy? Yeah, JC was making fun of me for talking about Looney too much. Alright. He's the, he's the heart and soul of that team. They couldn't have lost. Allegedly. They lost and they were in trouble. They lost Andre Iguodala. That's more of a heart and soul guy. <laughs> yeah, than, that might uh, be a bigger, loony, might but, be uh, a bigger piece. <laughs> Although, I would say, okay, and, and you're going to defend him here in a second, but man, Iguodala, like, they didn't even have to cover him in in the finals. Like, you know, it was letting, there was just like Draymond, Iguodala, you guys can shoot the three, kind of like Giannis. So, I, I mean, what's your take? Where, does he have anything left to, to provide? Like, is they he, losing a lot? He definitely is going to be a player that's going to have a role on a contender. Uh, he's on the Grizzlies currently, as the Warriors had to trade him as the, in a sign-and-trade to get in D'Angelo Russell which we'll touch in is how that's going to fit in the Warriors. But I think he's a guy that's going to be definitely a big role in the contenders, similar to like maybe even a smart, maybe like a Wesley Matthews, how he went to the Pacers this year. Like Austin Rivers was bought out and played for the Rockets this year. Like there's these guys that they get bought out, and there's already rumors that the Grizzlies are going to buy him out right away. And then there's t- the Rockets were a team that had interest, and I believe the Mavericks also expressed interest. And there's one more. There's all these contenders were saying – oh, they're going to go after him once he's bought out. So now the Grizzlies are holding on to him and trying to – maybe it's a second-round pick. They're trying to get something in return. So I think he definitely needs a role, but just watching him on the floor in the finals, especially like you are saying, when it was down – they had the lineup that was Looney, Draymond, Livingston, Iguodala, and Curry. You don't have to card anything past, like, the free throw line against those guys. Mm-hmm. No one's going to shoot other than Curry, so it made it very easy. So he can hit the three occasionally. Just I don't know how much gas is left in that tank. Yeah, how old is he? Because he 35? used to play. He played on the Sixers when they had the the black AI. and the reds, they, you know, they, with yeah. AI, right? I think I think both AI is in the same team for one Kyle year. Kyle Korver was on that squad, too. At Samuel Dalembear, right? that's uh, a name. Right, that I guy? was just thinking guys who were still in the NBA. Elton Brand, was he in the same team? He's the owner of the team now, right? Yeah, he's only Jim and Sixers. Uh, yeah. yeah, they're on the same team. All right, we'll, we'll blast in the past there. Back. So then another another guy they lost was Sean Livingston, right? I don't they, think that does much though. Okay, yeah. he was done. Just, just over with. So who's on the roster? We got that yeah. in down here. Yeah. So let's look. We have Curry, an injured Clay Thompson nursing the torn ACL. So no Clay. Yep. We got the sign and trade right that we didn't quite predict, but we yeah. almost predicted. <laughs> kind of. We'll, we'll, just we'll, sort of. We'll, we'll take it. We'll take credit for it. To me, that was the biggest bombshell. It was D'Angelo Russell, the Warriors, and then Paul George, the Clippers, of the two where I was like, whoa. Yeah. Didn't see that coming. And everyone's hating on that right now. And I think that's just because like, there's a lot of people who are in love with the Lakers, and they just want to be convinced that Golden State won't be good again, you know, and that or like other teams as well, where they're like, no, Golden State can't do this again. There's no way those three are going to be able to play together. There's already rumors they're going to trade him again, but I, yeah. I feel like you can find a way to work, especially without Clay this year. You let those two run the backcourt, and I think that'd be fine. I mean, Steph needs somebody. It's definitely a win-win because he said Steph needs someone else. Like we watched the finals, he needs someone else that can score or at least let him play off ball a little bit. We watch him or Draymond's run up top, moving the ball, and Curry's running on a screen to catch and shoot. Like he needs someone else to be able to actually have the ball in their hands. That's a threat to shoot, unlike Sean Livingston or like you yeah. know like a dollar or somewhere or Draymond. So I think it's definitely big getting Russell. And it's a weird fit. Maybe though he's still twenty three years old. Maybe this year playing with the Warriors like opens his game up and he becomes even more valuable. Maybe the Warriors keep him. And that point you just brought up, like Steph Curry, he can be just as efficient off the ball. And I also believe that D'Angelo Russell is pretty good off the ball too. He's a good shooter. Divvy that up a little bit. You let them both, you know, catch and shoot yeah. a little bit more. T- and I think takes they're pressure just fine off as well. Me. Yeah. 
helps them out. Rotate the road, you know, don't play them at the same time. There's plenty of ways you can work that out if they want to keep them. So Curry, injured Clay, D'Angelo. Then you have Draymond. D'Angelo just thought of the wire. (laughs) Rest (laughs) in peace, D'Angelo. They brought back Looney. They brought in a former Michigan player, Glenn Robinson. Glenn. They signed up. Is Glenn valuable in the NBA? Do you believe he's... I mean, if you're trying to make an like all-dunk contest team, maybe. But like overall, I mean, that guy's like the 11th man in rotation. Like He's a guy, if like three guys get hurt, he plays like 22 minutes. He'll be $3,000 on whatever fantasy, DraftKings, or fantasy. He'll be, he'll be the min value for the entire of the year. I'm surprised John Beeline and the boys didn't try to go after him. Yeah, I'm not. Moving on, Willie Cauley-Stein from uh, Sacramento, and they also traded for uh, one of the guys' name I forgot, Spellman. Omar Spellman from Villanova. I thought you forgot again. No, 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 no. no. That was a callback (laughs) joke. They drafted his teller teammate from Villanova this year in the second round, so they're getting uh, the Villanova boys. Yeah. They like what Jay writes. His name's like Piscale. I think his name is Piscale. Uh, Piscale. Don't ask me. Piscale. <laughs> I don't know anything about sports. Piscale. Sounds about right. Yep, okay. Something like that. <laughs> oh my gosh. Buy a vowel. So, I mean, they're definitely thin, but they're definitely top heavy. So, the Warriors done before. I expect nothing less than at least make the conference semis. Let's look at the one seed of last year. Wait, were the Nuggets the one seed or the two seed? They were the, the one Nuggets seed. were the one. Yeah, I think the Nuggets were the one seed. Yeah. They were the one seed. I think they were. We're going to look at the Nuggets. We're, we're going to talk nuggets. about the Nuggets. All right, so they, they're bringing back Paul Millsap. Uh, they're basically the same exact team. Let's be honest. They're the same exact team. They brought Millsap back. They, they signed Murray to an extension, right? Yeah, five years, 170. I don't know. Do you like Jamal Murray? Not like that much. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, like, I think Jamal Murray's a solid player, but I'm kind of on your side there. I mean... Maybe the homegrown talent. They pay their own players. You respect that. Yeah, I just like him. If he's demanding it, you know, he wants it now. I just wouldn't be eager to lock a guy in. Because you never know what can happen, you know. Look at John Wall. What was that, Shock and John Wall? No, I'm just saying, like, injuries, anything can happen in the NBA. So I'm just saying, like, if if he's happy with the contract he has this year and he's not complaining, I'm not going to be. Just with because I don't. Can you trust him as a shooter? And I don't know if you need to, he, but he likes to shoot. And he's shot better. He, he played pretty good this year. but He's just very streaky. Like mm-hmm. He's a guy, you look at the box score, and be like, two for 12. Then you'll see him put like 25-point fourth quarters like he did versus the Spurs in the yeah, playoffs. Like he's he's yeah, one of those yeah, guys where games. yeah he's just up and down, mm-hmm. roller coaster. Uh, they brought in Jeremy Grant from the Thunder, which is a salary cap dump for the Thunder. This was right after the Paul George trade. Uh, Grant cost about like nine or ten million dollars a year, but because the Thunder were in the luxury tax, it really saved them like twenty-five million dollars. So that made sense. Damn. I think he's definitely a really good three and D player, athletic guy who's definitely fits the Nuggets. And then of course, don't sleep on my guy, second round pick, Bull Bull. Bull Bull. So yeah, they're guess the same lineup. So just roll through the names. It's like Jamal Murray. They saw Monte Morris, Gary Harris. Morris is solid. He has potential, right? Gary. No, or Mo- or Monte. I'm sorry, Monte. Yeah, I think he's he's. I think deserves a better role. Like, yeah. he, he's a better p- true point guard to me than Murray. Murray's more like a one to two guard. Mm-hmm. He's like a weird like combo guard kind of Maybe thing. Maybe that's the know. new point guard in the NBA. It feels like a it's lot a of these young guys are like hybrids. Then we had Will Barton, Hernan Gomez, Millsap, Jokic. Did you mention Porter yet? Yes. Then you get. They still have Porter, who it didn't. He was redshirted last year because uh his back injury. I think it was back injury from yeah. uh, Missouri. 
and he was supposed to be again. We talked about last time. Him and Bull Bull were two guys who were top five talents, but because of injury or character concerns, they fell in the draft. And the Nuggets are basically having these young guys where they can just, just almost embarrassment of young talent. Oh, and yeah. Malik Beasley. No, I got Malik Beasley's guy who he he'll do. He's like JaVale McGee, right? He'll do some Shaq in the fool plays. But then he does plays. You just go wow, like that. He like, he stands out. Whether it's good or bad, he stands out. All of these teams we're saying can potentially win the West. Yeah, all these teams plus the Blazers, who we're going to get to right now. All these teams, I believe, are going to be. It's wide open West. There's there's these six teams. It's going to be interesting to watch. Yeah. So Blazers, they had Hassan Whiteside. Outside of that, Nurkic is hurt. When's he coming back at all this year? Or no. It was in a, no. He oh that was, oh, that was like a Paul George injuries. injury. Yeah, I think he's, he's probably done for a year. So he'll be done. I guess maybe. The best scenario would be All-Star break next year, maybe like February. Okay. That would be the best-case scenario. They also traded for Kent Bazemore, right? Can you explain that trade? Because that was a little confusing to me. I've been, was it like no, a it, salary swap? Like, they were getting same, similar players, right? They're the same exact contract, basically, like salary-wise, so it matched up. But the Blazers get Bazemore as someone who can play their shooting guard small forward role. And then the Hawks end up getting Evan Turner, who basically is their de facto backup point guard now, as he's a point forward. So okay. it worked out for both sides. The salaries matched. This position-wise, it worked out for both teams kind of thing? Yeah, they both, like, each team has specific need, and those the guys that got back were the ones that filled that need. Any chance, like, Evan Turner does anything with his career in Atlanta, or is Evan Turner, have we seen the peak of Evan Turner? I think Evan Turner's a good player. I, mean, I don't think he's anything special. I don't think he's making an all-star game or like anything like that. But I think he's a guy who he can hang around for five, six years and have a role like 20, 25 minutes a game on a good team. Shout out Evan Turner for some reason. Just kidding. Don't shout out Evan Turner. Yeah. I still, I still have the flashbacks of that half-court shot versus Michigan. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Fuck that, that That's guy, the only dude. reason no, I brought him up because there was a ton of hope hype he's around out of the league guy, next right? year. I'm fucking sick of this guy. <laughs> the only reason that's – okay. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, yeah, so the Blazers, <laughs> long story short, Blazers, we got – Lillard brought him back in the Supermax. McCollum's back. They have CJ Hood coming back. Nurkic is hurt. We're expecting maybe all-star game-ish, March-ish, maybe next year. So we can see him in the playoffs. Uh, Bazemore, they drafted Nasir Little out of UNC, who many people thought was getting the steals of the draft because he was one of the boomer buzz prospects. But when you're picking in the high 20s, I think it was like 25th, 26th, why not take a chance in a guy who, yeah. who played minutes right away? Then the one we just touched on was uh, Whiteside from Miami. I think they only dumped like Myers Leonard and Mo Harkless, and then the Heat immediately traded Mo Harkless to the Clippers. They, so they get dumped the heart of the team though, Myers. Yeah, yeah he played a big role. I mean, there's there that one game too where he had uh, like 25 points in the first half, and I was just like. Who is this guy? Yeah. <laughs> I always just remi- remember Myers Leonard from that one video when he was at Illinois when his uh, brother came home. Big Ten Network did a special on his brother as a soldier. It was, uh... Is that right? Yep. <clears throat> well, shit. My Myers Leonard story is when, I think it was Charles Barkley, who was one of the analysts who, like, don't pay attention to names, at least the role players. They kept on calling him Leonard Myers. Uh, Myers. And I thought it was hilarious. They kept mixing it up. I thought it was hilarious. My favorite city to visit in the world, Toronto. Jonas Vasu Inuansas. <laughs> so, yeah, those, those six teams. I mean, maybe the Blazers peaked last year with the conference finals run. I mean, they were really fun to watch, and especially with the the Russ versus uh, Lillard. And, like, I don't know. Maybe they did peak last year, but I think they're still our team that 
you don't sleep on them still. Yeah, and Portland probably thinks they're better, and they definitely have the potential to be adding Whiteside. But like Whiteside's a player who's just also a question mark to me. You know, like he has like he has very very good moments, and maybe this is just a FanDuel perspective as well. But he also <laughs> will have games, and maybe this was just you know he need to get him out of Miami, but he'll play like less than 20 minutes or he'll have a dud where he just gets freaking two points and hey, they don't call him block side for nothing yeah, he's all about rim the protector yeah that's it it's all that matters clear the glass a little bit i think he's, he's, he's i don't know if he really cares about i i shouldn't say that Whoa. i'm gonna cut that calling out. him out he's, yeah. he's cut it <laughs> i'm cutting it i can't say a guy doesn't care about basketball no, it's funnier then i don't think he cares about I told, basketball i, I told him to go fuck himself he's <laughs> all about the money kidding we'll see maybe he'll Love it in Portland. Is this being cut or not cut? Uh, we'll decide later. So, we've talked about contenders. We've talked about contenders. Anybody else in the West worth speaking on? So, a couple of teams that we looked at as sleeper teams were, one was the Kings. The Kings. And they're a team where they actually, their offseason reminded me so much of theirs uh, two years ago when they're a young coming team and they have all these guys you think you want to give playing time to, you're never going to lose 50, 60 games. But then they go sign Zebo and George Hill, and you go, why would you sign that? <laughs> your, your rookies aren't playing then. Then they dump both of them. And they did to me the same exact thing this year, where they brought in Dwayne Dedman, who I love. I think he actually he'll play us. He'll be the starting role at and center. And they lost Will Collins-Stein, right? Yeah, so, so that, that one made sense to me. But then bringing in Corey Joseph and Trevor Reza – both for over $10 million a year, uh, I just looked at it as, I don't get why. You, you already had, like, your courts, five, six guys in place. Unless they won the locker room presence, maybe, or, like, some veterans to show the young guys the ropes. But I would rather use $20 million and go after a guy that would put more of an impact. I don't even – Corey Joseph. Can you? It's not ringing a bell. I can just keep he thinking was, of Fred yeah. Van Vliet for some reason. <laughs> well, you're close. He played okay. for Toronto. Okay. But last year was in the Pacers, maybe before that too. Oh yeah, yeah. Out of yeah. Texas, yeah. yeah. Spurs I apologize, Corey. Had, Spurs had him originally. Yeah. He's bounced around. He, he's okay. been yeah. He's been cross coast. Journeyman. Oh, good word. Yeah. So the Kings also brought back Harrison Barnes for four years, eighty-five million dollars. This is another guy where, like, HB, baby. Insert mind blown like <laughs> sound like. <laughs> I don't get how Harrison Barnes gets paid every time he's up for a contract. He, he does the same exact thing left the Warriors. The Mavericks were just like, hey, dude, here's a max contract for uh, never making an all-star game or never scoring 20 points a game or not being a lead defender. And then the Kings basically said, yeah, here's the same exact contract, dude. Have an eight-year contract, basically, for $25 million a year. I don't get it. The only person who's not a big – he's reminds me of Otto Porter. Mm. Not a big Otto Porter guy. Yeah. A little, little too much money for me. I mean, I guess if you can't afford to do it, you're the Kings. No one wants to come play there. That's what they do. The Kings have been a mess for a while. Vladi. Um, yeah, Vladi. I mean, well, it wasn't all his fault, right? He, no, he but kind I'm, I'm going to blame him now, though. Yeah, some of those moves are still I will say, marks. though, the Darren Fox, I love him. Buddy, yeah. Buddy Heels is straight-up marksman. Then your boy, all-third team, uh, or NBA, yeah. um, Marvin Bagley. Yeah, you just hope that the organization doesn't screw it up for those young folks, you know? With mm-hmm. like, you know so And also, how long did they sign Harrison Barnes for? Four years. Four years? Yeah, and you're going to have to pay some of these other guys soon, too, so yeah. you better make sure you have the room to do that. So, Okay, Kings potentially sneaking in the playoffs here in the West. 
Who else we got? got the Mavericks. Look oh, yeah. That. See, the Mavericks do, right, have a lot of potential because there's another big question mark in Porzingis. And mm-hmm. is he playing this year? I, I don't know, right? He should be healthy by now, right? He's not still injured. When did yeah. he get injured last? I think this guy's in play since, like, 2014. Yeah, but, but you can't sleep on Mark, Cuban, Mark Cuban's Euro squad over there. You know what I'm saying? I'm pissed. Doncic. No, I'm pissed. He he still has a chance to trade for Dragic, but he said he was going to get Vucevic and make uh, this all European team. Sell didn't do out. It. Yeah, phony. The guy's a phony, dude. So what's their starting five look like if Porzingis starts? Oh, man. Let's see. So they brought in Seth Curry. He'll probably start at shooting guard, maybe? Yeah, I think he'll be the shooting guard. They also have Tim Hardaway Jr., so maybe one of them will play. Yeah. Then Doncic is small forward, but he's probably going to play the point. Yeah, because they moved works. Dennis Smith Jr., right? So yeah. they, they want Doncic, yeah, obviously, okay, so being Doncic's, the primary ball handler. Okay. I don't know if they'll... I think... So Doncic is a guard, so I think they'll start him at... Probably start him at Okay, so we'll say Doncic. I guess we'll throw in Curry. We'll throw in uh, Tim Hardaway Jr., We'll say Porzingis, and then they brought back Powell to an extension. So yeah, we'll, we'll say that'll be their five. Then off the bench, they brought it. Well, maybe they started uh, DeLon Wright. They signed him, too. For, for a decent amount yeah. of money, right? Almost 10 per. Three years, 29. Is he worth 10 million, DeLon Wright? Yeah, he's another guy where he's lengthy point guard. And he he's did have a decent, decent I mean, end of the year when he started just getting the reins in Memphis, right? Or Yeah. Yeah, he's in Memphis. Yeah. He's, he's in the Marcus Soul trade. Mm-hmm. They brought back J.J. Barrett to mid-contract, and this world's smallest violin, they lost, or they, they brought in Boban, which means we lost our Boban and Tobias connection. That's real sad, man. That, that was the, the coolest social media thing to follow, was these two and their interactions, and practice, and dancing, and just, you really hate to see it. Yeah, man, Boban's a journeyman as well, he's just going everywhere. Yeah. Traveling, man. Everyone wants to see him, though. Yeah. He, he's the guy, you, I will pay money to see he Boban He wasn't play. in Dallas, right? He was with San Antonio, yeah. so he's just going back to Texas. I think it was, I think his career path was like San Antonio, then Detroit, then Clippers, then Sixers. I think that's yeah. what it was. No, he no. is with Dallas. Yeah. the old Mavs. Another sleeper team where a team that we said was going to be a darling for a league pass is the Pelicans. We've already touched on their... Oh, yeah. We haven't even talked about the Pelicans yeah. yet. They definitely can make the playoffs this We've year. touched on their Lonzo, Drew Holiday, Brandon Ingram, Zion, Justice Hayes, they drafted. They brought in J.J. Redick. We still haven't seen Lonzo, and maybe we'll talk a little bit about him later if we talk about Orlando, but him and Markel Fultz are both two guys who had so much hype that we still really haven't seen play a lot or play healthy I mean, I know Alonzo did a little bit. Yeah, who knows what you get out of them. I, they also, I think it'll be interesting. They have similar issues, though. They both can't shoot, which is <laughs> not ideal in today's basketball. Rounding out the Pelicans, you they brought in, you said JJ, they brought in Derek Favors from Utah. They brought back Jill Okafer. They still have Josh Hart in the Lakers trades. I mean, they have a nice well. Oh, they, they have, have nice a well mix running. of veterans and young guys. Like they brought in a, a couple vets, so they are. It does seem like they're trying to win now, even with the assets they have. Right, like they're, yeah. they're trying to win. It looks like they're they're just, again they're they're building a nice overall team here, and like they're a team that I could see being the like Kings. Like this, they fit our like eight to ten range. Yeah, where they're that fringe playoff team. To me, talking about the th- last three teams we talked about, I guess yeah, it's it's kind of a coin flip. I would almost put, depending on if Porzingis plays, I think the Pelicans are better than the Kings and the Mavericks, but that might be a bold statement. Anybody else in the West probably should touch, talk address about? Spurs. Spurs just, just out of respect. Out of respect for Popovich yeah. and the boys, are they, they gonna make the playoffs this year? 
they did last year and like this year that's the same exact team minus they traded Bertans to the Wizards. So it's pretty much the same exact team, but they're getting DeJounte Murray back from injury. So yeah, I'm, I'm a big DeJounte Murray guy. He's not a big shooter, but I, I like his game. He's yeah. a real good defender. He's he can pass, he can rebound. Yeah, I think he's he, game. Um, and then I think we should talk about OKC. Westbrook's out there now all by himself. And it's kind of funny because last summer, you know, there was all that hype about them bringing in Paul George, locking up long term. They had a bright future, and then they showed in the playoffs this year as they flared out quick against Portland that that team wasn't going to work. They would have had to make some moves to make it work, and now it looks like they're just going to have to go full rebuild. There's no point in keeping them there, right? So we're going to assume he gets moved, and like I guess talking about OKC first, we'll talk about maybe potential places where Westbrook could land. So first with Westbrook, I don't know. He's going to be hard to move to get assets back because he's got that like $40, $45 million Supermax contract for the next four years, I believe it is. Mm-hmm. And that's a lot of cap to take back on for any team, especially for a player who's 29, 30 years old who relies on their athleticism at the point guard position. And that's usually where that cutoff phase, you see a sharp decline. And I don't – we'll see. So some of the rumors we've seen have been the Heat have had uh, links between Westbrook going to Heat and the Heat wanting Westbrook and back and forth. Mm-hmm. So I also saw in that trade that if the Heat don't want to part with Euro or with Bam. So it almost be they're just trying to send expiring contracts back to the Thunder so the Thunder could then just fully get their rebuild out of luxury tax, get some, maybe a couple of draft picks. But it's weird that – it's almost better if this trade would have happened to begin the year, uh, begin the free agency with Paul George, because then the Thunder would have more of a market for teams with salary. All these other teams have spent their money, and we'll touch on it later. There's only like two or three teams that have over a two or three million dollars left. I think that's enough with the with the West, really, because I mean, OKC. We don't really need to talk about the team. They don't got a ton left there. I guess Stephen Adams. They got. Tony Ferguson, uh, Andre. Danilo is still there. Uh, the oh, Gallinari, yeah. I got him. But like, Sh- Shea's there. So, I mean, Shy, he's there. A couple of young guys, and then maybe uh, some more young guys to come later. Hopefully Luke Kennard later. Let's, let's lead with that. Let's say Westbrook could be a potential Piston. Yeah. So let's start with the East with our favorite Eastern Conference team, the Detroit Pistons. Definitely. The Pistons, they made a couple moves. Yeah. Signed Derrick Rose. Yep, and they signed Markeith. Markeith Morris. I think they also signed like Frazier. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Point guard. What do you think? I mean, all right moves, right? I mean, they did what they could, I guess. Yeah, I have zero issue. Derek Rose is interesting. He had to, he was a guy that had the fifty point game with Minnesota, and we all thought that D Rose is back. Mm-hmm. We I mean, we kind of knew though at the same time that it was just like a glimpse flashback. It's like when you know that one it's like a swan song game where it shows I could still ball, but like overall I can't do this more than once every four years. And Detroit's had an awful history of bringing in former... AI. AI and T-Mac. C-Web? Oh, C-Web too wasn't... Yeah, just bad, bad, you know, guys late in their career. Bring them here, you know, maybe they'll have some... Maybe we'll bring some fans. <laughs> but, like, I do think that, like, Derrick Rose still has something to prove, right? Where And, like, Detroit's a great place to do it, in my opinion, you know? Like, I think the fans are going to totally back him. I think that he should start. I mean, I don't know if you're... Because yeah. I'm seeing everywhere that no, they, they think he should be coming off the bench. I I think that... I don't, I don't know if that means Reggie comes off the bench. I'm really hoping Reggie gets traded. I hope... I really do hope D-Rose starts. I think D-Rose, Kennard, 
uh, I don't know who was going to start at the three then. Oh, Markeith. Markeith can play the three. Yeah, but okay, so I think before we talk about starting five, is it realistic that they get trade for Westbrook and who would they give up if they did that? It would be Luke Kennard. It would be realistically, Reggie Jackson. Realistically, the way this series would match would be I don't know if they'd have to trade Andre in it. I would give I, him Andre. I would, I would, I would go Andre. all in. I would try to keep Andre. Yeah, well, um, if you if you can, I, sure. I think they have to get Reggie for sure, and then Tony Snell for sure, and that's probably about $27, 28000000 million. It's still a little bit short, but I think if they included Kennard and maybe another role player, it would work out and throw maybe a first-round, two-first-round pick. I think, there you go, Like that. that's how you would get uh, West Westbrook. Definitely. I'm all for it. I don't think the Thunder are all for it. Yeah. But I think just having you go all in for these next three, four years and just go, do you know what? Let's ride out with all these f- former MVPs or caliber players of Derrick Rose, Russell Rusbuck, Blake Griffin together yeah. and throwing Andre clean the glass. I think it would be a nice little interesting four. Yeah. And everyone loves our boy Numboya. So. And this year the East is not nearly as – I mean, I shouldn't say that. Oh, the Bucks sucks. are still very good. The East sucks. Uh, Philly's good, Boston's worse probably, and Brooklyn's not going to be good this year. Not that they're not going to be good, but they're not going to be at their peak. Yeah, at their peak. I would, with Kevin I would honestly argue the fourth best team in the East is going to be the Pacers. Pacers. Like they will never. They're not going to win a playoff series, but like they will be the fourth best team of the season. Okay, so let's just head on the East teams quick. Top of the East Bucks. is probably the Bucks. Yep, yeah, Bucks still make a few. They got yeah. Robin Lopez resigned. So, yeah. Brooke. Ooh, we got the sideshow yeah. Bob connection of yeah. Lopez twins. So. Basically, what happened with Milwaukee was they had four big free agents of their core, which was Malcolm Brogdon, Brooke Lopez, Chris Middleton, and George Hill, and they couldn't bring all of them back. So they chose to do a sign-and-trade and send Brogdon to the Pacers, and they ended up bringing back Brooke Middleton and George Hill. And a lot of people think the Pacers might have overpaid a little for Brogdon. I think, too, and like the worry was with Brogdon, he's a great talent and you can see him by him rookie of the year. You know, watching him, like he's a great player. He can shoot, he can pass, he's a good defender. It's just he has the injury concerns. That's why he fell the second round. That's why even like this year he missed 25, 30 games. Like it's very hard to invest a lot of money into a player, especially a team that's such a title and that like contender win now to keep Giannis hopefully in a small market. That it's it sucks having twenty, twenty five million dollar guy who's not available. Mm-hmm. Makes the best ability sense. is availability. <laughs> Perfect. So, outside of that, not a ton. I think they lost Miritich. They didn't bring him back, right? Yo, he, he went overseas. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Miritich yeah. is out of the NBA. Uh, That's crazy. He, what team? Is it Chinese League or is it the European League? I think it was one of the European like, Leagues. Okay. I can't remember. Yeah, but he's, he actually Shane signed a decent contract. I think I saw it. It was like $10 million a year or something. But I was okay. like, whoa, I yeah. like it. I got yeah. to drop like 45 and 20, like Michael Beasley in the, the Chinese league. Yes, because if you're only using 10% of something, that means you don't know the rest of the 90. Good for him. Good for him. Uh, then we can touch on... Let's go with 76ers. Sixers, yeah. yeah. They brought back Tobias, which this contract could get interesting. Five years, 180. I like Tobias, but that's, that's a lot of pennies. Yeah, and they got, you know, they signed him to that deal and... We're happy to part ways with Jimmy Butler, right? Bringing Josh well, Richardson for him, which is... I actually really like the Dicks. They, they wanted Jimmy Butler back, but he, he wasn't really mutual. Okay. And he was kind of their closer in the year if they traded for him. They tried to make it work. Kind of reminded me of the Rockets, how they're just like, give us the best players available, and hopefully they figure it out. Almost talent over fit or chemistry. 
And I think bringing back Tobias and then signing L. Horford, not only signing away from one of your rivals, team to compete with the Celtics, it also gives you another weapon and a guy who beat up Embiid. He actually defended Embiid very well. So he, he can be a mentor and a teacher for Embiid and also provides a guy. He's he's a glue guy that every team you look at El Horford's been on, they win. Yeah. Even this Hawks days. They won their number one Eastern Conference one year. I know they lost in the playoffs, but he everywhere he goes, they win. And, and do they play the, him at the floors? Can he play the floor? They probably won't be in the court together very much. Okay. Or at least minimal. Because obviously we'll be in the playoff time. But I think he'll be the four for the sole reason of he's a lot better uh, spot-up shooter. But also Embiid is so good down low that you just want to clear the, the clear lane for him. Obviously, still have Ben Simmons. But they've paid a lot of people a lot of money now. And they're obviously going to – they offered Ben Simmons a deal, but they're starting to teeter on that luxury tax line, right? Like, they're going to be over it. Yeah, well, right now right now they're in, like, decent shape because they're only big contracts to have were to Horford, Tobias, Josh Richardson, things like 10 mil a year, and then two free signings, and then Embiid. And if they sign Ben Simmons to the max contract when it's available to him, which would probably be about $25, $26 million off his rookie deal, they would be in the same situation almost of a Golden State to a lower extent of where you have all these four max guys and you're sitting there with, you're losing the rest of your team and you're still going to be in like cap hell. Yeah, so Sixers definitely, they're going to contend in the East. I actually, Uh, I did like Josh Richardson a lot though. Yeah, Richardson I think is a good fit. He's a guy who played Miami I don't think many people watched him play or didn't realize like his talents. I think he's definitely a very good player. I'm actually excited to see him like on national TV a lot more and like elite talent around him. But he also is a streaky shooter, right? Yeah. And that's one thing you can say about that team is they they lost their best shooter in JJ probably, yep. right? Oh, yeah. They they they're a two point team for the most part. The team we're looking at right now. Yeah. I mean, so, Al Horford might be their, their – well, and Embiid, right? Their big men are going to be the ones throwing up the threes. Uh, they brought back uh, Scott, Mike Scott. He mm-hmm. played – he's a good men's last year. They lost McConnell. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, they lost him. And then, I don't know. Yeah, they're looking they're, – oh, James Dennis is back, but he didn't play much at all at the end of the year. So, yeah, they're starred for shooting. They're really hoping Tobias and Al oh, Horford. Yeah. Tobias can shoot. They're really, I guess they're hoping that Ben Simmons can just develop any shot. At least you don't have to, you have to respect it. Not be afraid to shoot. Yeah, you could, or at least maybe just do a lot of pick and, pick and pops with Embiid and Simmons. Then you could have Richardson, Horford, and Tobias spacing the floor. Those guys still you trust or you have to respect their shot. Agreed. Next team we can talk about in the East is... Maybe the next best team, I don't know really, uh, the Boston Celtics, Al Horford's old team. They signed Kemba, which was a good add because they lost Kyrie. Yeah, they need to fill that position. Interesting swap. We'll see. Like, Yeah, interesting swap there. And then an also interesting swap, Rozier, as we talked about, went to Charlotte. So now <laughs> Rozier's the starting point guard in Charlotte. So it's just a bit of musical chairs for those yeah. point guards in the East. I don't want to be a guy saying, like, feel bad for, like, you get your money. If money's offered, you take it. But, man, talk about Charlotte Hornets just like, hey, hey, Batum, take this money. Hey, Biombo, or I didn't sign Biombo, they traded for Biombo. Here, take this money. Like, Zeller, take this money. Rozier's making, like, $18, 19000000 million a year right now, and he's like, he's a good player. I just don't see that value coming back in return. So. Yeah, they're like, fuck, it's, it's a lot cheaper than Kemba. <laughs> <laughs> but sticking with Boston, they got Kemba. I think 
Bill Simmons was a was a big big fan of that signing. I, Kemba's a good fit, right, in Boston. With I like Brad it. Stevens. I actually really like it. This is just based off watching him play over the years. I think he's a guy who deserved to be on a bigger stage with better talent around him. Maybe he's not. That's not all on his shoulders. Like look at the rest of their team. Marcus Smart. Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum. All very They signed Ennis Canner. Yeah. Gordon Hayward, he kind of had a little bounce back. And he, he takes time to recover from injury like that. Mm-hmm. And you kind of saw a little, like, re, like he kind of came back to his old self, a little bit of flashes. So maybe he gets better after another summer. And, and like, that's still. Start. Yeah, it's, I think it's a nice round team. Don't forget Taco Fall. Looks Ooh. fantastic in the summer league. Taco. But no, Taco Fall, is he, is he anything serious? No, but he reminds me of Boban. I'll I'll pay this guy five dollars a year. He'll stick around for ten years. Yeah, man, seven two. I mean, you got you need. Thought he's taller than that. Those motherfuckers like seven five. He might be. I might have been listed height. Maybe it's the listed height they. Yao Ming was seven six. So Taco Fall is one inch shorter, and he's not getting the hype that Yao was getting. Yeah, Yao could actually do things though. Well, just throw him the ball down low and have him do middle school basketball. We'll see. I, know, <laughs> I, I, I like out. Taco Fall. <laughs> uh, so let's go to the Nets as uh, or Kyrie is a former Celtic now a Net. They're a team that they had a lot of potential last year. A lot of weird young guys we haven't seen much with like Spencer Dinwiddie, Karis LeVert, D'Angelo Russell, and they're swapping out Russell for Kyrie. And then obviously the bigger the KD, big name, yeah. yeah, KD. But I kind of didn't count him this year because he's he probably won't play this oh, season. Oh yeah, very true. So. But they're thinking about the future. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, you could, if you're a chance to sign Kevin Durant, you just do it. Mm-hmm. I mean, even if he sits out a year, you still bring him in. They brought DeAndre Jordan, four years, $40 million. He's a guy where I think he's definitely starting to hit the decline a little bit, but he's a guy who still has some good value, and especially for a contender like this. Like If they had them all healthy, I think he's a perfect role for that team. And they're all buddies. And we're the three best friends that anybody could have. We're the three best friends that anyone could have. You throw in uh, Joe Harris. Throw in Prince. Throw in Prince is a good one. That was uh, part of the Hawks trade with Alan Crabb. And then uh, they brought in Garrett Temple, who is uh, one of the best clubhouse guys in the entire league. Oh, gotta love Garrett Temple. Glue player. Anyone who can survive in Sacramento. Glue player. Uh... <laughs> Let's let's stay let's stay within the confines of New York City and let's go to Madison Square Garden and the Knicks. Very intriguing free agency decisions. Oh my god! And it continues to get more intriguing. Talk about what you want to talk about. I want to talk about something I saw yesterday that cracked me up. Oh well, I mean, if you insist, uh, I'm gonna say, uh, what the fuck are they doing? <laughs> I really do not understand this team at all. Like we made jokes earlier that they're a dumpster fire. They'll fuck up. And it's a, that's just some like a pat myself on the back on that one. Like these, I don't understand what the fuck they're doing ever. The only signing I actually like in this was Julius Randle for three years, sixty million dollars because he. Or I mean, I got like Peyton too a little bit, but he, these are the only two guys that actually have value or could be better than like in a starring role. Randle had twenty five and twelve than the last year. They signed Bobby Portis. I don't mind by Portis, but when you combine that with signing Randall and signing Taj Gibson, yeah. and then you already had like Kevin Knox is kind of bigger, you just sit there, you're jamming the front court for no reason. They signed Bobby Portis, and they put a picture in like one of the New York magazines so of Bradley, Bradley Beal. Like, <laughs> <laughs> That's just New York. They just, man, they're struggling. The Knicks. 
And then you throw in Wayne Ellington and Reggie Bullock, both over $8 million a year. Portis at 15 a year. Taj, 10. Peyton, 8 mil a year. They're all two-year contracts, minus Randall's a three-year contract. So I guess they're, they're really gearing up for the future. But if you've to me, if you've all that cap space, why would you not do what the Hawks do? Or these other teams where you say, hey, we'll take this crappy contract. Give me a first-round pick back. And instead, they're just like, hmm. What's 76 overall in 2K is available? <laughs> we'll give him two years, $8 million. Like, yeah. what the fuck are you doing, and dude? Then, and then Woj tweeted yesterday that they are now in talks with Reggie Bullock trying to restructure his deal because something about him potentially not being able to play fully this year, but it turns out that now Marcus Morris is trying to he was opt out of his Spurs, Spurs deal. Yeah, okay. Because he wants to go to the Knicks, so the Knicks are trying to make room for Marcus Morris. They're trying to, like, you know, restructure. Like, like, cuck and yeah, yeah, and it's like, bull why? Cuck. Why bull do you? Cuck. Why do you want Marcus Morris? Like, hey, what are you player. trying to do? Are you trying to be the best tenth seed in either conference or something? Like, I, I don't get it. Like, yeah, it's well, confusing. they tried the tanking thing last season, didn't work out very well. And RJ Barrett, I still like him a lot, but they're like, oh no. If we suck this bad, if we dump Porzingis for salary, there is no way that we don't get free agents or at least Zion. Yeah, and they dump yeah. Porzingis and got nobody. Yeah, go fuck yourself. Yeah, right? <laughs> and, and you know, the, the little brother, quote-unquote, Brooklyn, gets the two guys that everyone said were locks going to the Knicks, and they're just sitting there like, what the fuck? That, that was a big dick energy there, the Brooklyn uh, Brooklyn Nets. Would you jump ship if you were a Knicks fan at this point, or is that not is that not allowed? No, I wouldn't jump ship any of my teams. Yeah. I mean, you just gotta stick it, it out. You, 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 I think part of being a Knicks fan is you almost almost like bitching about how bad your team is. Mm-hmm. That's part of it. You you sit there and be like, "We're so fucking bad." Then they'll, they'll tell us how one guy will be really good and he's not good, like Frank Nikintel. Yeah, exactly. It makes for great Stephen A. Smith reactions. Oh yeah, yeah. So keep it coming. Keep on being a dumpster fire. I want to see Stephen A. Just absolutely. I want to see. guy's gonna. Yeah, he's gonna have a heart attack. I want to see Stephen A. On the weed. That's what I want to see. He'll get to that breaking point that he's just gonna snap and he he's stressed out, man. He needs stay on the weed. I don't know what I was saying my whole life, but you guys need to get back on. He needs to calm down a little bit. Let me throw a couple more names at you that Ramona's reporting they're interested in: Bobby Portis and Reggie Bullock. <laughs> what? 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 Rachel, what are you doing to me? I'm what are you? Trying, I mean, I'm could you ask here. me something I about can't... Kawhi? Could, could, could you ask me about Jimmy Butler? Could you ask me about ask me about anything other than the Knicks right now? <laughs> okay, so the dumpster fire of the Knicks. Oh, staying with hot things, the Heat. <laughs> oh my God. So did they? Did they? The Heat. They got Jimmy Butler. So that's all right. They got rid of Hassan Whiteside. Probably good for them. Wow, none of you really don't like Hassan No, Whiteside. I'm just saying. That Blockside. was a bad fit. They needed to get that guy out of there because right. it, was, it was trouble in Miami. And Jimmy Butler and Hassan Whiteside would have been a disaster. No, it would have been great. It would have been fun. I would have enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah. It would have been like basketballs getting thrown at people's heads and shit. But Good, I missed that. That is what's missing from today's NBA. Probably not. Probably happens. Outside of that, who do they got? Nobody. No, kidding. <laughs> uh, they got Drajic, Justice Winslow, who, for some reason, when I heard Justice Winslow was a point guard last year, I had to like, double take because I was a little confused. I'm pretty sure he was like a small forward who averaged like 
1.5 assist career. Like, ah, this is our point guard now. Yeah, that, but he's he played pretty well. As yeah, agreed. Guy. But it also was like you're like head scratch. Like, where the fuck did this come from? Maybe it'll be good for him. Uh, they brought in our boy Myers Leonard Leonard Myers. Yeah, and then Kelly Olynyk's still there. The little Gonzaga boy. Kelly, uh, one of the few. James Johnson. Him. Now that guy, that guy's a throwback player. Yeah. He, he he's a guy I love. He's a guy I want in my team. Yeah. Uh, Nobody messes with James. And then the two young players they don't want to include in the a potential Russell Westbrook trade in my sleeper of the draft, big shooter, Tyler Hero. And then uh, Bam out of Austin, Kentucky, a year before. I love Bam. Yeah, now they can let Bam play also. That's yeah, why it freeze makes up, sense freeze to up, move yeah, some minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, moving down here, I guess other teams. Magic? Would, yeah, Magic, in, yeah, same in Florida. Mm-hmm. Magic are a team where they almost have cemented themselves as a seventh seed for the next three years. <laughs> With Vukovic coming back for four years, $100 million. They bring back Terrence Ross for four years, $50 million. They still have, they brought in uh, El Frucaminu from the Portland Trailblazers for three years, $30 million. <laughs> Then they have Aaron Gordon, Fournier, DJ Augustine, Isaac, Mo Bamba, what are you going to do with him? Yeah. And then uh, Markel Fultz still. So they have a few pieces, like maybe they could actually be a sneaky Westbrook trade. Definitely. I'm just saying, they, they could fade through in like Isaac Fultz. Gordon Bomber or something like that. I'm just saying. Yeah, they could. They could yeah, they maybe sneak a pick. In there. Like, yeah, it could be something. Or Fultz could be an all star. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, we talked about the Pistons. How about the Hornets? We talked about them a little bit. Right uh, here, nothing. I, I don't think we've talked about the Hornets at all. They are skip just, over them. Yeah, they're very skip. Well, this. Well, actually, no. We'll say this. They will finish with the worst record in the NBA. Really? Yeah. Wow. Mark it down. They're, they're so bad. Uh, the Hawks. That's a team I've loved. We've spoke on it now with Trey Young, Cooter, uh, Evan Turner, Cam Reddish. They traded for Chandler Parsons in a move which Chandler Parsons kind of sucks, mm-hmm. but it's a one-year deal left on his contract, so it frees up the money. And the two contracts they traded were uh, more than one year left, so it frees up cap space for the following offseason. And he could still play 20 minutes a game and have a role, so I like that a lot. Uh, Collins was phenomenal at the beginning of the year last year. I still think he's definitely a good talent out of, Jeff, yeah, out of yeah. Wake Forest, I think he was from. Uh, Len is another sneaky guy who people don't realize he can actually shoot the ball pretty well. And then they, I think Jabari Parker's our X factor of a guy who he's bounced around a lot and he's had some injuries, but maybe this is the right situation that really turns around his game. Yeah, they play so fast they don't worry that much about D out there in Atlanta, <laughs> yeah. so that Fair. suits Jabari well. And then point guard Trey Young maybe gets the best out of Jabari is, you know, feed the guy. You know, yeah. give, give him some easy ones. Yeah, because Jabari had some big games last year. Our defending champion Raptors, Oof. they kind of were the biggest losers maybe. Yeah, I'd say the biggest losers. Yeah, I mean, you talk about, I don't know how last time that the championship team just got decimated like the Raptors, man. It's rough. I mean, except Cleveland. Fuck off, Ben Wallace. Well, it's a couple of, oh. <laughs> well, it was a year apart, but fuck off. Yeah, a couple of those Love you, but the year after. Fucked us. So, yeah, they lost Danny Green to the Lakers, Kawhi to the Clippers, and then Jeremy Lin's a free agent, but he didn't really play at all. So the Raptors are kind of sitting there in just that championship high of, like, do you know what? Fuck it. Yeah. We had a good run. We won it. Yeah, we had a good run. All of our guys are really expiring contracts, minus Siakam. So Lowry, Gasol, Ibaka, all expiring deals. They can just – hopefully they can just, you know, reload in our next offseason. So, I mean, this is they're kind of in a weird – Purgatory, we did championship, we have some money in our books still. We'll probably be a five seed this year, losing the first round, and then blow it up. Then one last sleeper team I kinda like out of the East is I don't think they're making any noise, but they remind me of like a nice 
eight to ten seed team that could be a little sneaky. Maybe a little higher is the Bulls. Okay. I'm looking at them. They have Kobe White at North Carolina, who's an intriguing prospect because mm. they need a point guard. Then you could have uh, Dunn back him up. They brought in Sadoransky. He's another ball handler. He's a little taller. He can play the two. Uh, they still have Laurie Markkinen. They brought in Thaddeus Young. They still have Zach Levine. They have like, yeah. Them. They have Wendell Carter. Like I think they have definitely have some like interesting pieces in there where maybe they're not there yet because a lot of, they're very young, but they're a fun team to watch. Yeah, the Wizards did nothing again. Oh, oh the Wiz. Oh, oh, they do two of my favorite contracts over the Wizards with John Wall being injured. They brought in Ish Smith, who's one of the best backup point guards for his value. Mm-hmm. I think it was like six million dollars a year, very similar to the Pistons gave him. Yeah. And then they brought in Isaiah Thomas for a mid contract, which yeah. is like, let Isaiah just shoot. Who cares? Just let Isaiah shoot it. Your team sucks. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. Like, without John Wall, Bradley Beal is by himself, just hopefully trying to do what he can. They'll probably win 30 games and maybe 35, depending on Bradley Beal's <laughs> status. So I, I want to see Isaiah go back to old Isaiah, at least a glimpse of it, kind of like Derrick Rose. Just give me a couple games where Isaiah drops like 40. Yeah. So we've touched on almost every team or every team worth talking about, basically. Before we wrap up here, any available free agents we're talking about? Yeah, so the weird thing, too, is the why, going back to way beginning of the podcast, is why DeMarcus Cousins didn't get a bigger offer was not many teams have money left over. And you look at it right now, according to Sports Track, that only the Hawks and the Kings have positive cap space. They actually have room. Mm-hmm. And that's at $4 million and $1 million. Then you have four teams already over the luxury cap of Miami Heat, the Golden State, Portland, and Cleveland. Cleveland and Portland both have got big tax bills. They're both over by ten and twelve million dollars, so they they're going to see some some fines there. But other than that, like those teams, everyone spent their money, but we still have a few guys out there. And if you like want to look at it, we're looking at Kelly Oubre, but he's a restricted free agent with the Suns, so they can match any offer. Carmelo. Maybe yeah, where's Melo going? Lakers? He might as well. Just sign him front, sign him in contract there. Let him play off uh, the bench. I saw a very interesting interview today with Chauncey Billups. So he was talking about his playing days with Melo back in the Nuggets. And he said that kind of what we kind of thought as fans that Chauncey was or uh, Melo was too interested in scoring points. Like if the, he scored 22 points and they won, he'd be like, man, I should have scored 30. If he scored 35 and they lost, he was like trying to pick everybody up and like don't worry, I'll carry a team, I'll score these points. Mm-hmm. And like Chauncey was trying to tell him like the way like the teams work, like you gotta know like we always don't need you to score, like just because you only got twenty two and we win, like that's not a bad game. We'll take that. And he said Melo's like mentality, he hasn't really like, accepted that lower role compared to what his like his younger self was. And that he definitely he needs like if he said, Hey, I'll be a six-man. I will give you guys 15 points off the bench. I'll play my 20 minutes a game. That there'll be a list of teams who want him because he can definitely still play. Yeah. It's just he still has that star mentality, that star, because, like, he was he was in the best scorers in the league for 10 years. Yeah, he's just got to give that up a little bit. Yeah. Outside of that, anybody else really are these names? Uh, Dwight Howard maybe has some gas left in the tank. He's going to be weighed by the Grizzlies. Trey Lyles, Cephalosa. Vince Carter. Vince Carter, hope he goes somewhere. I like Vince Carter. Kenneth Faria, he's a guy I think he did a very good run last year for Houston when they brought they bought uh got him out of the buyout market. Joakim Noah had a little run there with the Grizzlies. Mr. Four Point Play, Jamal Crawford, Tyson Chandler, Trey Burke. I mean, it's just it's nothing like oh go get this guy right now, but there's definitely some guys that could fill out rosters. Definitely. And before we get off the NBA topic, let's just touch on any 
Any highlights from the summer league? I know we talked about Taco Fall, Duncan. Yep. Your boy, uh, Jackson Hayes. Yeah, I'm gonna, if you guys going to say Jackson Hayes, sorry, I mispronounced his name, i call you Justice Hayes. Justice Hayes is a Michigan running back. Yeah. I got a little confused there, but get, I'm getting ready to football season now. I'm getting in that mode. But, yeah, Jackson Hayes, I told you guys, I'd be the number one athletic front court in the league, him and Zion. He's already putting guys on posters in the summer league. I mean, he just, he fucking crapped on this guy. And it, yeah. was, it was nice to watch. Uh, looking at uh, Anthony Simmons for Trailblazers a couple days ago, he went off. He really? put he put like thirty five forty. Yeah, he had a couple games, or he had like one or two big games. Yeah, like the year. maybe some potential with that. Dude. Uh, Michigan standout Vrzdaikis, Iggy Vrzdaikis. He, he had he had one big game, but oh, okay. he he's playing for the Knicks. He's a second round pick. He had a game where he had like thirty five eight and eight or something like that. Gotcha. And I was like, all right, maybe maybe he'll carve out a role in the league. It's always good seeing Michigan men out there. Then finishing up the last, I got it's Terrence Mann. Everyone's been saying second round pick from Florida State. Uh, Clippers got him. That he's been like overall stained out. He hasn't been doing anything like crazy stat lines. Just the way his play is, they think he's gonna be the second round seal of the draft. Gotcha. Okay, <laughs> rapid fire. So we're starting with the World Cup victory hey, from USA. Love it. Love Shout to out see those it. ladies. Oh, Didn't watch a lot I'm of the game. For it. Yeah, I, I watched the game. It was a good game. It was good game. I, didn't, I watched the final. It was two zero, which really hate to see it because the over was two and a half. But, hey, if you bet USA, which some of us did, and it was one and a half, uh, love to see that too. Yeah. Uh, in the world of UFC, I don't know if you guys saw that crazy five-second knockout. Maz Duvall, I, man, I mispronounced his name for sure, but um, just type in five-second, like, fastest UFC knockout if you want to catch a good uh, entertaining clip in, in an entertaining post-fight press conference where uh, that's what I love about the UFC. Some of those guys don't have, have a hold, filter. They, yeah, yeah, they, they don't, don't hold back. <laughs> exactly. We'll say this. Next time you're, you're in the bathroom, you'll have three times in your hands. Why don't you, it'll take you two minutes. You can watch the, the knockout and then the post-conference. Uh, the, the post, yeah. uh, oh, it's, it's fantastic. <laughs> it's definitely must-watch entertaining stuff right there. Leads us into your, your oh, favorite Oh, so NASCAR. I mean, last time I told you guys, we were there at Chicagoland, and I said one of my sleepers – Alex Bowman pulls off at 30-1. to 1. He was your race winner. And uh, it's good to see that. Other guys ran a little well, not good enough, so I'm sorry for there. Moving on to next week, we're in Kentucky. And I'll give you five names I got to bet on. Let's hear them. We'll start off with some sleepers first. You got to start there. Okay. So our number one sleeper, if you really think this is my number one, you got to go get him right now, 25-1, <laughs> to 1, Eric Jones. Eric. He's struggling now. He's out of the playoff picture right now. He's not in. Needs some good runs. His two Joe Gibbs teammates, who I'll mention both of them later, are very, very good, the best at this track. He already finished sixth and seventh here. He's only two races. He needs a good finish. He's got good finishes here. He's got good teammates here. He's due for a big race. He's going to do it. Moving on, I'll say uh, Alex Bowman again, just because he's 25 to 1, still pretty good odds. His last two mile and a half, he's finished uh, mile and a half tracks, which is Kentucky, just like uh, Chicagoland a couple weeks ago. Uh, he finished first. And before that, he finished second at Kansas. So he's definitely got to keep an eye on. Moving on at 8-1 to one as the most like realistic win from someone who's not a favorite. Is it Brad Keselowski? Railed. This guy, the kids say today, is railed in their light car. He's 8-1 to one odds. But this track, he has three wins, which is most of all time. And it's, outside of his two races where he crashed at this track, he's finished seventh, first, first, sixth, first, and third. So Damn. he's definitely going to be in the running for the win. They're moving on to two favorites, but they are for most tracks, Kyle Busch and Martin Truex Jr. Both of them are Joe Gibbs Racing. Both of them have four wins this year, which is most in the league, or on NASCAR. Kyle Busch is due for a rebound as he struggled a bit, especially for his standards. 
but he's got already two wins at this track. He's finished in the top. His average finish is fifth over his eight races at this track, so he's definitely one to watch. Then Martin Truex Jr. is at seven to two odds. Definitely the favorite because he's got, again, four wins this year. And his last two races here, he has literally chesty dumped the field. So he's the one definitely to watch. And I would go Truex Jr., Brad Keselowski, Eric Jones. Those are three guys to watch. Sweet. Take that in. I know we got a lot of NASCAR listeners out there right now. I'm no, I'm I'm, totally, I'm out here for the free money listeners. Okay. I'm I'm out here trying to help the people. You don't have to watch NASCAR. I'll watch it for you. <laughs> you I'll go. tell you who to bet on. Exactly. The All Star Weekend for baseball also occurred. Pretty. I mean, we don't really care about the game anymore, right? Because it means nothing. Yeah. Really, when they changed the rule that they discontinued like the home field advantage part of it, I kind of lost my interest. But the home run derby. Yeah, that was Not, fun. That was wild. Your boy Vladdy. Vladdy Jr. went off. I kind of jumped the gun a little too early as I declared him a winner. I did bet on him, so that kind of pissed me off. Yeah. But uh, he set the record for each round for home runs. And you lose. Then he lost in the finals. And I was like, That's like Fuck. happens a lot because <laughs> the guys just get worn out. Damn. But no, his uh, his round with Peterson when they were going back and forth and the multiple tiebreakers, that was pretty fun. I haven't Damn. seen that in a while. A swing off. And I also like how they kind of had the unwritten rule this year where they're like, they don't care. They're not waiting for the ball to land, right? So oh, that like, was as, as fast yeah. as you can hit it, which makes sense. Like it's so hard to like some waiting for the ball to land could be different for different players, right? Depending on how you're hitting it. But no, yeah. just swing as many times as you can in three minutes. If you want to swing as fast as you can. It's it's kinda of like the home run or the home run is kinda of like the the slam dunk contest where it's you're watching the same thing. It's hard to be like original. Yeah. But I would say this year to me, again, I may have cited a horse in the fight, but it was really entertaining to watch it. There's a lot of good performances by a lot of guys that maybe the general public hasn't heard before, like Jock Pedersen. Definitely. Uh, and last thing I want to touch on here before we sign off is some more entertainment for your uh, bathroom scrolling. Check out the big three in Big Baby Davis's ejection. Mm. That guy, check out the whole video, man. There's so many quality aspects of the video you know glenn really freaking out over a foul which kind of looked like a foul i don't know why he was so upset about it but like really wanted to get ejected he probably had this whole uh stripping in the stands plan but kind of jumped the gun there he uh he goes nuts he goes up in the in the crowd and does a little strip tease. Yeah. Then you have Ice Cube's reaction, which he, he was in attendance for the game, and it was, it was a little priceless. I, I was waiting for Ice Cube to stand up and protect his wife or something, man. Yeah. He was staying pretty calm, though. He, he had courtside seats. He was good to go. And, and of course, the grandfather, Catino Mobley, was coming in there to try to calm everybody. Uh, but, yeah, Glenn, Glenn did a little dance, so go maybe check he, it out. Maybe he was tired, though, or maybe he didn't want to play anymore because yeah. it's almost like Vontae Davis from last year in the Bills. He's just like, do you know what, halftime, I retire. Yeah. And just, or maybe it was uh, Ryan Braun once said in spring training for baseball that his favorite out is a first pitch out. <laughs> so maybe he just didn't want to play anymore, and you got to respect it. That definitely could have been a possibility. But just matching the big three because, man – quality entertainment and it's endless all this great stuff coming out of that league hopefully we have more from agent zero. Oh, last tab t- tidbit about the <laughs> last, league last 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 yeah, tidbit yeah. about the league go watch greg odin get owned oh, oh own brian scalabrini the white bomba guy yeah, he got embarrassed Ooh, shredded quite and he got like beat up not only shredded but he got like bows to the face yeah. everything he had like one basket i think they showed him making because it said like the it's, Greg we, Odin versus Brian Scalabrini, but it should have been Greg Odin destroys Brian Scalabrini. It was bad. Yeah. It, it, it was hard to watch. It, it almost makes you think Greg Odin could, like, play still, but then you have to remember who he's going I up against. I almost thought for a second that it was, like, 
Michael Rapport was actually yeah. Brian Scala Brady. They just like switched jerseys exactly. real quick and Greg Oden just crapped on him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was rough. Uh, but that's all we got tonight. Hope you guys enjoyed the show. We will be back next week, probably to talk more NBA. We'll have other topics soon to come. NASCAR. NASCAR, NASCAR, NASCAR. <laughs> we'll see how I do this week. Yeah, you're easy money. We'll see. Thanks for listening. Appreciate it. Adios. Thank <laughs> you.